Welcome to the CFF podcast. Here at CFF, we love God, we love people, and we love life. We are so glad that you decided to tune into this week's message. We pray that this message will bless you, encourage you, and empower you. Enjoy and welcome home. Wrong. We deserve what we have. Jesus, remember me when you get into your kingdom. Isn't that amazing? Jesus then answers to him, truly I tell you, today, today you will be with me in paradise. I don't know about you, but to me, that is the most exciting, most incredible thing anyone could ever hear. The worst thing that could ever happen to you, <coughs> I'm just illustrating the point, is to get the coronavirus. That is not the worst thing that can happen to you. You know, the world is freaking out. Where's the pastor going with this? The world is so scared. I'm not saying you shouldn't be cautious. By the way, don't be touching your face. You guys saw that lady from the CDC? Don't put your eyes. Don't touch your face. You go. <laughs> ah, teachers, leaders. Listen, I'm just telling you guys right now. The worst thing that can happen to you is not death. The worst thing that can happen to you. Is that you're just like that thief. Dying in your sin next to your Savior. There's three types of people in this world. Those that die in sin. Those that die to sin. And the one who died for sin. Jesus died for your sins. One of them died in sin. The other one died to sin. How do I know this? Very simple. When this man was hanging on the cross. He says, I deserve what I'm getting. The other guy said, ah, oh, save me. Blaming Jesus, trying to question him. If you really are this powerful thing being, why don't you save me? Ain't that the attitude many people have towards God? Isn't it amazing how sin makes you prideful and makes you think that you have yet another chance? Makes you think that this is not what you deserve. Can I tell you something? It's going to sound really messed up. If you came here for the first time, I'm sorry. But most of the time, what we're going through, it's an act of mercy, not an act of judgment. Sometimes what we go through, we will continue to go through unless we change our behavior and our attitude. You wonder why some things are not working. Let me tell you why some things are not working. It's because you're doing it wrong. I was trying to set up my surround sound yesterday, which is not surround yet. It's all in the front. <laughs> and it just wouldn't work. I'm like, there's something wrong with this thing. Piece of junk. I should have not bought it an offer up. I was so mad. And then I realized, you know what? The cable's not connected right. I had it in the wrong thing. I just optical. I don't know. I just put it in the wrong thing. Now all of a sudden it worked. How amazing it is this potentially. The sounds were incredible afterwards. Our lives. God, why we get mad? We wonder why things are going wrong. We wonder why we feel the way we feel. We wonder why things are not growing faster. And it's so simple sometimes. Let me ask you this. Which of these two thieves do you live like? Which of these two thieves, thieves represent your attitude? Is it the one that says, why don't you save me? Or is it the one that says, God, I deserve this. But would you please remember me? Isn't that a very different attitude? Which attitude do you have towards God? The sinner 
who is dying with his sin next to his Savior. And my fear is this, that you would be here in this church and still manage to die in sin. I'm not saying you're going to die today. I'm saying every single day away from Christ. It's like the living dead. I'm going to ask you one more time the question, who are you living like? The one thief on the right or the other thief on the left? I love this because the Bible says that Jesus didn't answer to that man. It doesn't mention another conversation. Listen to this. The worst thing that can happen to any person, any believer, is that they no longer hear the voice of God. There's nothing worse that can happen in your life that when you sin, Ezekiel, you don't feel bad about it anymore. The sign that you feel remorse, the sign that you feel contrite heart, it means that God is still working in you and he still has a chance. But the moment you're no longer sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you're in the greatest danger of your existence. Some people become so callous to their sin, they excuse it for so long that they die in sin instead of die to sin. They don't acknowledge the power of God. They don't acknowledge the mighty, incredible word and name of Jesus. He said, remember me when you get into your kingdom. You know what he's saying with that? You are a king. You are the king. Remember me when you get to your kingdom. He acknowledged that Jesus is king. Is Jesus king or is he a pawn? Is he your Lord? Or is he just... It's amazing because every one of us in here, every one of us here has this great opportunity. An incredible opportunity today. And that is to say, God, I don't want to live like this. I want to live like that. I no longer want to see you as a carjack. You know what a carjack is? Dirty tool. You keep it on the trunk and hope never use it. But when you do need it, it's right there for you. Hey, Jack, can you help me out? Hey, Jack, I need you now. I believe that God doesn't want to be the jack of your car. He wants to be the motor and the steering wheel. God wants to be everything. Give God a shout of praise. He wants to be the one source and the steering wheel of your life. However, we say, God, today you're in the trunk, back of the bus. I don't care. It's amazing to me because this thief, I don't know his record. It doesn't say his life. And I'm so glad it doesn't. Because then you would think you're too good to be that guy. Or you would think, he's too good. I could never even do that. See, this guy doesn't show his record. All it shows is that his death sentence, which is what you and I have. The Bible says that for we all have sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. That means destitution. It means we are not with God. And that is spiritual death. I said to you, the worst thing that can happen to you is not coronavirus. Let me repeat that again to you. The worst thing that can happen to you is not that you get a coronavirus. Mortality rate is 2.3 and it's mostly for the elderly. So if you're old, I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. Huh? All I'm trying to tell you is something so simple. That our life here on this world, as incredible as it may seem, and as beautiful as you think it is, is nothing compared to paradise. Two people just got it. I wish the rest of you understood what I just said. Because it's not real to you. So let me tell you what happened. My father died decapitated when I was two years old. He was driving. Steering wheel hit him on the neck. Done. Nobody else hurt. Just my dad. I grew up knowing my father. Not by seeing him. But my heavenly father. Something happened though. When I was at APU. Azusa Pacific University. This guy. This old man was preaching. 
had a stack of letters for all his kids. He wrote, he wrote letters for their wedding, for when they would have a girlfriend, when they would break up. Letters for different case scenarios. That's long before that one cheesy movie, what's it called? Where the woman tortures that man? Or the man tortures, what is it? P.S. I love you. What a horrible movie. Let him go. Isn't it true? Like you're dead. Leave him alone. Let him grow. Let him move forward. Sorry, I just had to get off my chest. This guy wrote letters, beautiful letters though, for whenever their kid needed, needed counsel. See, because he had been sentenced to die. He had um, a very, really, really, really bad case. Um, what do you call it when you have to you know, shoot insulin into your body? Uh, diabetes. And uh, they told him, you know, this is, this is it. He had lost his sight. He lost a bunch of things. But you know what's wild? This guy had survived nine years more, ten years more than what he had been told. Listen, okay? He knew it was his time at some point. When he stood at APU, he had all these letters. He said, I know. I've gone all these years, but I know this is my last month on earth. And I am so excited to see my Lord. Okay, I want you to understand something. A bunch of Christian kids, a university full of believers, not one of them did what you just did. Everyone's like, did he? This man knew something that you and I need to know. It is better. The Bible says this. The Apostle Paul says, for to me, to die is gain and to live is Christ. Are you really a Christian? You're so afraid of dying for one simple reason. Because you think this life is the best thing you've got. And it is such a lie. Eternal life is so much better. Now I'm not preaching to you so you could die. I'm preaching to you so you know how to live. Here's the problem. This thief had no vision. He had no faith in the king. All he wanted was just another chance to sin again. This man, all he wanted was to continue on his route. He was not going to be interrupted. He wanted God's power at his disposal. Yet the other man says, I want to be a part of your kingdom. You hear what I just said? I want to be a part of your kingdom. I don't want just power. I don't want just forgiveness. I don't want to just be saved from hell. I want to live in your kingdom. I want your kingship over my life. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Yet we do it so backwards. We look for all these things. And yeah, let's add, add, add some kingdom later. Why is it that this story is written? It is because it's the entire gospel. It is the whole gospel. It is the good news of salvation. It is literally God saying, I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you, de- what you did. I don't, care what you, I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care what's been done to you. I don't care how bad you've done it, how many times you've done it. I don't care if it was yesterday, today. I don't care how bad it was. I can save you. Today. When? Today. How long? Now. That's Jesus. It breaks all religion down. You hear what I said? I went to a university where people would debate constantly how good you have to be in order to earn salvation. You can't. You can't. What did this guy do to earn salvation? He confessed Jesus as Lord and his Savior. Can I tell you though? How many believers, because of that thought, they take advantage of God. They take their salvation. They think they're going to heaven and they live like hell. I'm asking you something. Something super simple and even sounds dumb and even comical. Have you ever seen someone who is of a nationality and he acts like he's from another culture? No? It's going to sound really weird. I know it's going to oh, pastor's going to, so politically incorrect. I know. Just bear with me for a second. I'm okay with us being 
everything. Okay, fine, whatever. We're mixing pot. I get it. It's cool. I love to have multicultural church. It is such a beautiful thing. I grew up with one of my friends who hated being a Mexican, and he was more Mexican than tacos. <laughs> this cat was like, I am not playing. He changed. He, he had a name. And he wanted to be called something else. I was like, bro. My name is Pablo and I'm Pablo. I can't, I can't church it up. It's Pablo. It is what it is. Own it. This guy gave himself an American name. I don't, I don't have a problem with me. Like I said, if you got an American name, it's a beautiful thing. But you cannot, like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So this guy, I know he spoke Spanish because I went to his house. His parents didn't speak English to him. And I know he spoke Spanish to them. But he said, oh, no, no, hablo espanol. I'm like, bro, I know you didn't know Spanish because I talked to your mom. This guy would fake the funk so much. Listen, now he had his own problems. The reason he did it is for many jacked up reasons. But I remember telling him one time, I was like, man, what's wrong with being you? He said, what do you mean? I said, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying, you know, I'm fine. We admire culture. That's okay. I, this difference between admiring, I love it. See, God doesn't want us to be uniform. He wants to be in unity, right? Ryan is amazing as a Jamaican, but he would suck as a Mexican. As I would suck as a Jamaican. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. We're kind of cool. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm just saying it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to be different and to be loved and to be actually genuinely love who you are. Isn't it cool or no? I'm just saying. Ali, isn't it amazing? Yes or no? I just think it's amazing. So bear with me for a second. Here is a believer, a child of God, kingdom you know, a, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, going to heaven, saved by the Lord, acting like a citizen of hell. It's me acting as though that culture is not my culture. Those people are not my people. The God is not my God. And that father, I don't know who he is. What makes you think? What makes you believe genuinely that you really are that? Here's the difference, guys. Some people don't understand the difference between relationship, listen to this, and being related. You're related to somebody, but does that mean you have a relationship with them? Oh, listen, this just got real. I love you guys so much. I have even a closer relationship with you than a lot of my cousins. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes I don't, even, I don't remember my cousin's kids' names. Granted, they're Mexican, they have a lot of cousins, a lot of kids, just everywhere, all the time. Another kid, yay, congratulations. <laughs> Seventh. <laughs> Listen, but I know your kids' names. Most of you, at least. I love you guys so much. I have a relationship with people here. Sometimes you think that because you're related, that changes your life. Is that right? What's the difference between one thief and the other? They both were next to God. They both were next to the Savior, but one of them acted like he didn't belong where he was being offered. The same offer stood for both. The same place was right there. Can you believe this? They were both at the gate of heaven and one chose hell? How in the world? See, a lot of people think <laughs> that it is this difficult thing to choose between heaven and hell. It is not difficult. It's super easy. 
Super easy. The hard thing is choosing between heaven and earth. Because earth pulls so hard. We think this is it. We think this is everything. We think this is all it has. I just shared with the, the uh, life class a, a story of this guy who went on a trip, on a train trip, seven days. He took cheese, crackers, and ham because he didn't have enough money to buy the food. He paid for his ticket. He didn't have money. And so he went on. He was super pumped. He ate cheese one day. The next day he ate crackers. The next day he ate ham. That's it. Finish his food. Fourth day he was so hungry. He went to the, the, the cabin. You know, the trains have cabins. The one where the restaurant is. He looked in there. As soon as somebody got up, he went and sat on their chair, finished their meal. He was hungry, so he went to the other chair, finished their meal too. The next day, the waiter caught on to it. He said, hey, what are you doing? You can't be doing that. He said, man, I'm sorry. I'm just so hungry. I've been, I've been here already. It's like my fifth day, sixth day, and you know, it ends tomorrow. I just, I'm just so hungry. He said, sir, let me see your ticket. I paid for it. I promise. Let me see your ticket. It says all-inclusive. What are you doing? His brother had food paid for, everything. He could have been eaten like a king, everything. And he was eating of the leftovers of everybody else. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening with people like us. God is like, everything's available to you, everything. And you're thinking world, 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 world. And God's thinking more, more, more. Paradise, so much more. Relationship, intimacy, eternity, blessings. Somebody asked me, will I be married when I go to heaven? I said, you're so short-sighted. I'm not saying I love, I love my wife. She loves me back. I think she's super hot. When she was in the parking lot right now, I was like, <laughs> it's true. I'm not playing. I was talking to Lotus and I got distracted. Who's that blonde? I like her. But you know what? When we get to heaven, she's not going to need me. I won't need you. I'm sorry. In heaven. Did Pastor just say that? Yeah. You know why? Because what we have here is a glimpse of tiny little. Scratch. God's love. Are you serious? His presence. Everything that is there. The government that he has. Everything. Now, will we know each other? Yes. But will we need that? Which God uses as a shadow of his love to represent us. Now we have his glory. Now we have everything there. So every good representation. You ever seen of God here? Like kindness. Pleasure. Love. Peace. A flood of that on your life. And then some more. And then some more of that. And then some more of that. On the other hand, you have hell. The absence of good. The absence of love. The absence of light. It is so hot. It is so dark. It is. Like Bakersfield. I'm just kidding. It is so jack. It sprays things like sulfur. It is horrible. Sorry, if you're from Bakersfield, it's just so hot and it smells because of the cows. We, we know, we know you're here today, but you don't realize this. I see people freak out so much. And don't get me wrong, I'm saying be, be cautious. I'm not talking about coronavirus anymore. I'm talking about your Christian life. I'm talking about where are you right now? Are you walking with God? Or are you just wanting his power? See, it's not for him that he wants to forgive you. It's for you. Today. You'll be with me in paradise. What if I said to you that every broken relationship you've ever broken. Oh, you could blame everybody else. I gave counseling to somebody. Fifth marriage. I don't have a problem with that. I said, okay, fine. I'm, I'm, as long as you're not doing it to me. <laughs> you know? And the guy, I said, could there be something that you need to change? I think I just, I just don't know how to choose. 
Maybe. Or maybe there's something that God wants to show you. Your finances are not what they need to be. Could it be that you're looking for this kingdom instead of the kingdom of God first? And God cannot add all the other things. Because you're feeding on everything else. And you're still hungry. I want to not extend myself too much longer. I want to take you back to that cross. Because that is where it's at. This guy is hanging. He's looking at his sure death. And he still finds the dumbness to pretend like he has the ball on his court. I wonder how far our pride takes us. How much longer do we say, it's my life. It's my life. It's my life. It's amazing because the moment you say to God, God, I want you to be my king. Something beautiful happens. Not only does he become your king, he also gives you sonship. He gives you the ability to become a child of God. I want you to follow me because this is where I know if you believe this, if you understand it, it will change everything for you. Listen, this guy was hanging there. He recognized the Lord through the Holy Spirit's conviction. He said he is the king of kings, right? He's the king. He's done nothing wrong. He's, he's holy. He's powerful. He can save us. And he will. The other guy though, I remember something. When I was reading this, I was like, oh. You're reading the Bible sometimes and you're like, oh. It, it hits you. And you just park there. And you start going deeper. And you're like, wow. See, because I remember, and I think Jesus did too. When he was hanging on the cross and he first... He heard the first thief talk to him and say, if you really are the son of God, why don't you do this? I think he remembered what had happened three and a half years ago while he was walking in the desert. Right after being confirmed as the beloved son of God. See, his father had just said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased as he was getting baptized. Then he gets up, fasts for 40 days, goes into the wilderness to accept the call of God over his life, to live according to that rabbi call. Listen, and the devil comes and says to him, as he's in the middle of his hunger, if you really are the son of God. Ain't it crazy? Three and a half years later, the devil was still speaking. Same garbage. If you really are the son of God, why don't you get off that cross and save us? You know what would have happened if Jesus got off the cross? You would have had no salvation. You and I wouldn't have power. We would live in sin and our destiny would be hell. The plan of God would have been completely thwarted and destroyed. Do you know why? Because Satan still wants to destroy God's plan, even till the very last minute. I wonder if he constantly tells you, if you really are the son of God, Oscar, why are you struggling? If you really are a child of God, why are you hurting? If you really are a child of God, why do you feel this way? And you know what's amazing to me? How Jesus answers to him. It is written. I don't care what you say. I don't care how I feel. I don't care if I'm hungry. I don't care if I die as a matter of fact. Because see my sonship doesn't depend on my condition. It depends on his love. Jesus is about to die. He was hungry back then. And he was training for the big day. I played 
football back in college and I learned something. What do you do in practice? All you do in practice is only to give you the reaction ability for when you find yourself in that tough situation. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. We call it muscle memory. So you do drills over and over so that when you're on the field, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to double question yourself. But instead, you already know how to hit. You know how to position your body. You know how to run through somebody. You don't have to do it thinking about it. It's a second nature. It's who you become. It's your body just does something. When you train on an instrument, you practice over and over and over and over and over so that you don't have to think about it in the middle of a song. Your name is Re. Your name is La. Sol. D, D minor, because if you do that, you're going to be just like I was when I was a worship leader, <laughs> praying for somebody else to come and help. <laughs> Listen, you need to have that kind of mindset. God, train me, work in me so much so that when the big day comes, I know exactly what to do, how to react. I don't even say, I don't even have to think about it. The willingness of Jesus to die didn't just, wow, what a king. You know what? He had to go through it. He had to give him an answer, a biblical answer. Later on, he just ignored it. Oh, I know that voice. Shut your mouth. I know who you are. I know what you're trying to do. I'm still going to go through with this. If you are the son of God, why do you have to die? I don't have to. I get to. For him, for him, for her, for the person next to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Isn't it amazing how Satan still trying? And you think he's not going to try with you? So he tries it with Jesus and he thinks he's going to leave you alone. Like all of a sudden you went to encounter, you go to church, just because you go to CFF, all of a sudden the enemy's going to leave you alone and hey, praise the Lord, all is good. Now you're going to follow Jesus, get your 12, 144, no problems at all. Get married to a person with the anointing of Benny Hinn and the good looks of Pastor Pete. Never. It's already, <laughs> and the self-esteem. <laughs> Listen, I know for sure. Sometimes you're here and you go through something and you start questioning. God, like, is it true or not? Sometimes my boys, I, he went home, so I'm going to say it. Sometimes Elijah, when he doesn't get something, he tries to manipulate me. Oh, I know, you do it too. Don't, don't worry. You just, you're just better at it. He's sick, so he's learning still. Dad. Literally drops his shoulders, drops his shoulders. Fine. <laughs> And he tells me, he's like, what? I'm like, son, come here. I took you to Chick-fil-A. I took you to the park. I bought you this. I got you that. I spent time with you the entire day yesterday. I said no to all these people because you're so important. I went at night when you were sleeping and I kissed you on the forehead and I hugged you. And you don't even know that, do you? He starts smiling and I love you so much. So much that this morning, there was only one more sandwich of peanut butter and jelly. There was no more peanut butter. You got my peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I gave it to you with gladness, and I would do it again. Do you know why? Because I love you. And what you're trying to do right now is manipulate me. He's like, <laughs> he's six, okay? He's six. You know what I'm trying to teach my son? That doesn't work with me. How do you, know, how do you think it's going to work with, with God? Because that's what we do, right? If it was really your son... And God's like, you are my son. And because you're my son, I discipline you. Because you're my son, I don't want you to be manipulative. I want you to be like me. Am I making sense? It's so cool. Because now you get a picture. 
This is what Jesus is saying. Today, you can change. Today, you can repent. Today, you can become a part of my kingdom. Today, when? Not tomorrow. Today, right now. How much? Not much. Just your life. Really, it's that simple. What is that? The problem with you, and I'll finish with this. The problem with you and I is that we think that our lives are the most precious thing. And we grab onto it, we hang onto it, and we think it's ours. And we think it's, it's like my life, I'm gonna hold, I'm, it's mine. You know Charles Chaplin, when he was dying, this, 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 uh, you know, this uh, priest or pastor came to him. And they said to him, this is recorded. They said to him, may the Lord have mercy on your soul. You know what Charles Chaplin replied? I don't see why not. It's his. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that cool? That you'd be able to say, I don't see why not. It belongs to him. God has mercy on you. His mercy endures forever. You can declare those kind of things. Because you've been redeemed. Amen. So I want to just pray a prayer of protection. I want to pray that God will take away all sadness, all, all, all anger, all, all stress, all fear, all anxiety. That God will take away depression. That God will take away your oppression. Whatever's happening in your life. But I will not pray that God takes it away. If you refuse to change. As a matter of fact, today you came on the wrong day to church. Here's what happens. If you don't change, I pray it continues. And even strengthens. Pastor, please don't pray that. Wrong church. Let me tell you why. Because sometimes, we learn this as pastors, and I, we try to help people all the time. But sometimes, instead of helping, we enable someone. And we have learned, we're trying to learn. We're not best at it, but we're trying to get better at it. The prodigal son would have never come back home if he had had a meal plan. What are you here for? I believe you're here because God loves you so much. He has a plan for your life. But you still think your life is the most precious thing and you refuse to give it up because you think that's going to rip you off. And he's not going to rip you off. One of those thieves fall, fell into the smart category. Smart category is this, I give up. What I cannot keep in order to gain what I cannot lose. Ooh. He literally said, I'm going to invest the little bit that I got left. This piece of life that I have left. And I'm going to get eternity. See, I am not the best at many things. But I'm pretty good at negotiating. Eoni and I know this. If I want to, if she wants something, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not paying full price. Unless I have to, Absolutely. But I love, I love good deals. You guys love good deals, no? Okay, fine. Make me feel like a cheapo over here. Act like you don't shop at Ross also. Hey. Ross, what is that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you still have the sticker of Marshall here because you want to return your shirt after church? Just kidding. No. Listen, I love to get a good deal. The best deal of your life is trading what you cannot keep because you will lose it at some point. And it was crazy how Jesus said it, and now it makes sense. Those who want to save their own lives will lose it. And those who give up their life for my sake will gain it. How did that make sense without the cross? It doesn't. Now it makes sense. That Jesus would speak into the future and tell you, you really want to keep your life? I'm not going to force you to it because I'm no thief. Ain't amazing? You would be the thief. You know why? Because that life is his in the first place. It belonged to him. He created it. He gave it to you. And you're still thinking, mine. Mine. 
I gave Jose a donut. He's three years old. I asked him for a bite. He said, no, I just gave you a donut. No, es mío. I said, Jose, compartí, share. No, share, no. I said, share, dude, give me a bite. I'm chasing my three-year-old for a donut bite. I'm like, I shouldn't have to do this. I could buy a bunch more donuts. I could sell him if I want to get out. I'm like, dude, give me my donut. I'm like, I'm like thinking I should have never given him a donut unless I give him the bite first. You know, I am learning as a father. I know. But listen, man, we, we're like that, right? God, no, mio. And God's like, I made you. I created you. I have the best for you. you just hook it up. There's plenty where it comes. You're like, no. I'm single. I still got a, a lot. Isn't it weird? I'm so young. I No. And the thief, he had something better than you and I did. And that lucky thief, so lucky, <laughs> right? He's so blessed. You know why? Because he knew his life was nothing. He knew he had nothing left. So he said, hey, might as well. <laughs> but we have so many shiny things around us that we say, God, I still got one more chance. I got one more time. I got one more drink. I got one more shot. I got one more puff. I got one more party. I still got a little more, you know, it's like the other thief that he didn't have anything left because you don't know either. But the other thief, man, I still got one more shot. I still got one more deal to do. I still got to, that guy still got to pay me back. I, I'm not going to forgive. I say right now we finish in the most simple of ways. We decide to go on the right cross. You know, it's cool because Jesus said, those who want to be my disciples, pick up your cross and follow me. Now, you're going to have to pick up a cross at some point. Believe it or not. You know why? Because you owe a debt. What do you mean? Yeah, you owe a debt. The wage, the payment of your sin is death. I didn't say that. The Word of God says it. Take it up with Him. That's what the Bible says. Your wages, what you need to pay is with death. And it's amazing because it says, those who want to come after me, pick up your cross and follow me. Now, it's cool because... All of us here, at some point or another, will have an opportunity to be in front of Jesus, to be right next to Christ. I believe that's this, right, right now, this moment. I would hate for anyone in our church to come to church and not come to Christ. Did you hear what I just said? It is a fear of mine. I'm not afraid of snakes. I'm not afraid of heights. I'm afraid of you becoming religious. You becoming someone who shows up, punches in your card of church, not feel so bad, and one day, I don't see you. I say hi to my dad and I didn't finish the story. Because that's what happened in the beginning. This man with diabetes. Listen to this. He said, I have 30 days left to live. And so I asked afterwards. Everybody was gone, going to class. And I had somewhere else to be. I had to go talk to that guy. I said, look, man. Um, Professor Boloyan is the guy that invited him. One of my favorite professors. And he was right next to him. I said, hey, uh. You know, I, I just want to tell you that in, I believe what you said. I didn't, this is your last month. And he said, yeah, 30 days from today, I'll see my, my, my uh, he said, I don't know if he said my king or he said my maker. I don't know what he said. And I said, can you do me a favor? He said, of course. I said, can you please give my father a hug when you get there? He looked at me like with a big smile because he knew someone else believed what he was saying. I said, I said, can you give him a hug? He said, what's his name? I said, Luis Martinez II. He said, I'll find him. I said, seriously, yeah. Can you give him a hug? Okay. And I gave him a hug. And I honestly, I, 
I just gave the guy, I don't hug people much, especially back then. And I gave him a hug, a big hug, and I just left. And I was like, I went to class. I didn't even pay attention. I was so happy. I was like, this is awesome. Well, Professor Boloyan, you know, he was my teacher. And 30 days later, I kid you not, exactly 30 days, he calls me to the front of the class. I forgot about the whole thing. He said, hey, Pablo, I want to talk to you. I said, okay. He said, you know, 30 days ago, you met with my friend. I don't even remember his name. And he said to me, he said, um, he passed away this morning. Your father received this hug today. I lost it, man. I couldn't believe it because I knew. I knew exactly what had happened. I felt so much joy. I was like, yes. You know, one day, I know for sure, 100%, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that I'll have paradise with God. I'll be with there with Him. Because it doesn't depend on me, it depends on Him. I just want to make sure that you're there with me. How? I can't. I don't do this. I can't make you get there. You can never tell someone you're saved, you're not saved. I don't know who's saved. I really don't. I wish I could tell you, Frank, you're saved. The only way I can know is by your fruits. Because that's how you know a tree. If it's mango tree, there's mangoes, not avocados. By your fruits, you shall know them. What a church day is it today, isn't it? It's just so clear. If you're living like hell, don't expect to go to heaven. However, it's a beautiful thing today. You can start today, today, to live according to God's plan. I didn't say perfection, because then you'd be dead. I said, walk with Jesus. Let him be the Lord of your life. What does that mean? Ask him. Talk to him. What is a king? Is it a democracy? No, American. It is not a democracy. A kingdom is different. You cannot vote a king in. You cannot tell a king, yes, you may. A king is a king and he is the owner of the land. As a matter of fact, we know this. In a kingdom culture, the king decides. You don't vote. He decides. This is why it's so hard for us. We try to vote God in if he agrees, if we get enough electoral votes for him. Guess what? If we get enough, you know, I don't know, popular vote, then maybe he'll, I'll accept him as my president. He is the king or he is nothing. This is why it's so hard to try to be a Christian. You can't try to be a Christian. It's like trying to be a Mexican. You can't. Either you are or you're not. Am I making sense? Either you're a kingdom citizen or you're not. And it's that beautiful. It is amazing when you know who you are in Christ, you can live out of that. And guess what? Culture is fun instead of identity. Isn't that crazy? Like my strength in my life, I can get along with an Argentinian who looks completely different. It's completely different from me because we share the same culture. It's called kingdom culture. When Argentina doesn't agree with Mexico, it doesn't matter. Why? Because the kingdom of God is always our final word. Ain't it crazy? Well, we don't do it like this. We don't do it like that either. Well, how does God do it? And it's that simple. How many problems can we solve in our own lives by saying, my finances, well, how does God want us to manage our finances? Well, I don't know if I'm meant to serve God. What does God say about your service? I don't even like people. What does God say about people? Isn't it amazing? I don't know how to be a father. What does God say about fatherhood? I would invite you to stand up with me for a second, please. I'm so excited to share this second word because of that. Because it, all it takes is one word from Jesus. I wrote these words and I said them to you a little bit different. I want to read them to you exactly as it was because I believe God began to speak into my life. This is my devotional. 
And I want to share it with you. What motives does Jesus give us to follow in the steps of the penitent thief? Meaning, <laughs> why should we follow in the steps of the right thief, not the wrong thief? Because on the wrong thief, there's a fearful silence towards his rebellious heart. Not a word is recorded of Jesus to him. Perhaps, maybe, a final pitying glance. But no promise and no hope. The worst thing about this kind of attitude, and in reality, it has become a world view, not just an attitude. The worst thing about this world view is that they silence the voice of God. That voice is the one that leads us to repentance. It leads us to forgiveness. Be very afraid. Be very concerned when your sin hurts you no more. Be very afraid. Be very concerned when your sin doesn't make you feel like a thief about to die. There is no hope if there is no repentance. There is no hope if there is no Christ. A kingless kingdom is a helpless people. A kingless people is a helpless people. If you have no king, it explains why you cannot control so many things in your life. Why you cannot feel the protection, the care, the provision that comes with being part of a kingdom. You're at the expense of any attack of any enemy. At any time, your, world, your walls are destroyed. You have no boundaries. You try everything and it won't quench you because you have no provision from a king. The kingdom provides. The kingdom protects. The kingdom gives you something so incredible. The ability to grow, to create, to continue to become who God called you to be. Amen? I want to pray that today you'd become part of the kingdom of God. Pastor, I already go to church. I don't care if you go to church. I care if you go to heaven. If you want heaven, ask Jesus to ha help you to turn from your sin and turn back to him. Eunie and I come from different schools of thought when it comes down to Christianity. We wonder if someone can lose their salvation. Or we wonder if someone is saved and always saved. We came to a very simple conclusion. I want to believe that I don't lose my salvation. But I want to live as though I can lose it. I want to believe that I can't lose it. But I want to live every day as though I'm an inch away from losing it. Because that is how I will please my Lord. The fear of the Lord is so important. Close your eyes. I'd like to pray for you. That you choose the right cross. That you choose the right attitude. That you choose the right kingdom. That promise came quickly. And the promise came without delay. Jesus, please. Please, God. Please, Lord. I ask you, God, Lord, please help us in this very moment that anyone that is here under the sound of my voice, God, that their hearts would be completely turned back to you, Lord. That they would realize and become disillusioned and disenamored with the world and with the things that it offers. God is putting in my heart to tell you, you cannot ever change a world that you're so enamored with. You cannot lead a world that you admire so much. I am not telling you it's not beautiful. And I'm not telling you some people are amazing. I am telling you that the Lord made them all. Your king created them. 
and he wants to restore them all back to him. I pray now that you understand the purpose of God as the purpose of that thief when he died he brought many to salvation as today I pray that your life in life or in death would bring many to the feet of Jesus I pray that your life today would grab a new different set of courage a new different set of values a different kind of self-esteem that's called God esteem that before being Mexican white black Asian anything else you become kingdom minded people that would be citizens of heaven and everything else is such a blessing. There, in Christ, you are full. I'm going to ask you to accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. That he would become your king. The king of your life, of your marriage, of your friendships, of your relationships as a whole. Of your finances, of your emotions. Of your future. Of your present. Just as that king, I mean, as that, as that thief said, Father, or Jesus, remember me, please. Remember me. I deserve what I have, but you are good. If you want to give Jesus your life, it's a beautiful moment. There's no better time than now. Actually, the better time would have been yesterday, but today is what you have. To simply tell him, Jesus, I give you my life. Come on, tell him, I give you my heart. Forgive me for walking away from you. Forgive me, God, if I don't live the way I need to. I ask you to help me change that. Jesus, be my king, please. Be my Lord. Forgive me, God, if many times I get so caught up in the world that all I care about is the here and the now. When you have an entire eternity ready for me. I thank you, Lord. I ask you, please, please, God, give me the faith to believe when the enemy leads me to question, help me, God, to understand that I am your child and to never forget that it is through you, Jesus, and your death at the cross that I can now be saved. Tell him, Jesus, please help me to live according to your ways, not the world. Change my culture. I want the kingdom culture. Jesus, thank you so much because in spite of my sins, you give me your righteousness. You give me salvation. I want to love you. I want to walk with you and I want to serve you all the days of my life. In your name I pray. Now look at me for a second before you leave. In this church we have something called the G12 vision. The G12 vision is very simple. It is where one person asks God to work in their life in such degree that they begin to lead other people through the love of God and the example. It is not a weird formula. It's what Jesus did. He gathered 12 and gave them his love he confronted them when they needed to be confronted and he encouraged them when they needed to be encouraged. Listen, after that, he gave them the beautiful task. He said, now that you have been redeemed, you have been restored. Now it's time to do something. It's time for you to go and live a life <laughs> that gives other people life. It's amazing because in this G12 vision that we have, some people say, man, it's just so much work. And I'd like to ask you, what else are you going to do? I mean, seriously. How many levels can you pass on PlayStation? How many episodes can you actually watch? I'm going to be wrong. I'm not talking against PlayStation. I'm not talking against Netflix or Amazon. I'm just asking you, seriously. You're so important, right? So your life is so amazing. I believe that if the, that thief would have gotten off that cross... He would have followed Jesus. I know in my heart. You know why? 
because I'm like that thief. I was dying in my sin, my religiousness, my pride, my ego. And I have no other, I'm telling you, man, I can do other things. And I do and I enjoy them. But the one thing is I serve the Lord. You don't do this vision because you have to. You do this vision because you're His. Because you become a part of Him. Someone told Jesus, His own disciple said, If you want me really to believe in you, show me your hands. Show me your wounds. I went to a church in San Francisco and he said to me, the pastor, the hands of Jesus, the wounded hands of Jesus are his church. What we go through, our scars prove to the world. Our love, the way we live should heal. The way we live should convince. The way we live should show Jesus to the world. You want proof? Look at each other. That person's alive. That person's next to you. He's been forgiven. She's been saved. They've been restored. They have a future. They've been healed. This is why we do this vision. This is why we win souls and make disciples. This is why we're not just another church that sings, gives, and leaves. We want to lead. Amen. Don't settle. Don't stay small. Don't. St I, I'm telling you, do not do a disservice to the creator, the maker of your beautiful, engineered life. Make sure that your potential is lived out in your family, in your finances, in everything that God has for you. Live a life. I'm telling you this. Whether you have five minutes left like the thief or you have 50 years left, I pray that you make them count. Let's make them count. Amen. Let's grow. Let's do something amazing for God. God bless you guys.